Johnson. Oh, and a great defensive play by Morgan Riley, lying down to block it. Now it's Nylander the other way. He's got Tavares with him. Nylander coming into the net. Nylander, the goal! Scores! A sweet finish for the Maple Leafs in Stockholm. William Nylander with the overtime winner. Alouettes, they're inside the Winnipeg 20. Down by three. Kulak, so that's second effort. Kulak shot on net, a save made, rebound, Edlund scores! His first in the National Hockey League! Edmonton 2, Tampa nothing! Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Here we go, Saul, 54, November 20th, another great day weather-wise, plus one right now coming into the station. Man, it's just been smoking hot here for middle of November and on. Looking for a high today, a plus three, and talking about a high, that's what the Montreal Alouettes are on after a huge, huge come-from-behind victory in the Grey Cup. Grey Cup number 110, 28-24, was it one of the best great cups ever? Yes, it was. Where does it rank? Is it in the top five? Probably. Do you think it is in the top five? Send us a text, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Give us a call on that same number. It has to go down in the top five of great cups all time, you would think. Well, maybe top five game-winning drives with, you know, 11 seconds left. Cody Vichardo hits Tyson Philpot in the end zone. Man, just stunning, the Blue Bombers, stunning. You think about where the Blue Bombers are. Two great cups, two massive losses. You could be talking about a team that is on the same level as the 78-82 Edmonton Eskimos. That's where you could be talking about this. Instead, you're talking about a couple of tough, tough defeats for the Blue Bombers. And normally... Normally, you know, you don't get another do-over. You don't get a second chance when a couple of things don't go your way. The fumble by James Letcher led to a touchdown for the Blue Bombers. Third and one, end of the second half, second quarter, pardon me, results in a turnover on downs. That's a 14-point swing, 14-point swing. And don't you just love it when the techs come in right off the hop? Right off the hop, Eddie Steele. You were right, Eddie Steele. Well, that's just going out on a limb, saying that the Montreal Alouettes would win, but there was someone in the studio here, Duke, that did mention that last week. One of them's on this side of the board. One of them's not on this side of the board. Duke's not saying much. Did you watch the Great Cup, Duke? Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I had it uh, on kind of at the same time mm-hmm. as I was watching the NFL slate. A few hockey games kind of flipping around too yesterday afternoon. I didn't catch the ending, 
because I was at my own hockey yeah. game, which was kind of the the unfortunate part. I missed the the exciting finish, uh, but obviously caught the highlights and stuff yeah. afterwards. Went back and watched it. So uh, a great game. Um, the halftime show looked awesome, and by all accounts, it was. I did not watch the halftime show live on TV. I uh, yeah, I flicked I, away at that time. But once again, the things I seen on social media um, made it look tremendous. So uh, a great weekend down in the hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, halftime show was great. Green Day was very solid on the stage. The fans were into it. Sellout crowd at Tim Hortons Field. You know, there's so many local connections that you're happy for. You're happy for Jason Moss, who, I mean, you saw how he, you know, how happy he was in a controlled emotion. I mean, normally you see Jason Moss going bananas off the off the wall, and you've seen him grow as a coach. And just to see him have that emotion sort of not, you know, I mean, yes, he was emotional, but I mean, everyone's seen what he was like here. Way different, way different in Montreal. And now he's got a great cup ring as a coach to go along as a player. I mean, Cody Fichardo basically run out of Saskatchewan, run out of Saskatchewan, comes up with a, a, a MVP performance for the Montreal Alouettes, 290 yards, three touchdowns, and that drive, the last drive, absolutely amazing when you think about how he engineered that drive. I mean, he, the first one was the run. He had a run for 13, 14 yards. That set up the very next play. Again, third down gamble for Jason Moss. I mean, you're in it right now. You're, you're in it. Uh, you're in or you're out. You're in there, baby. Uh, needed five yards, 38 seconds to play. Fajardo hooks up with Cole Spiker, 31 yards. And then the next play is the 19-yarder to Tyson Philpott, who gets, again, the top Canadian for Tyson Philpott. Lawal Ugwak, Harry Ainley product. Brought well, easily the best Canadian defensive player had five defensive tackles. I'm not sure if anyone kind of noticed on the very last play. So there was what four or five seconds on the clock. Winnipeg still had you know a Hail Mary opportunity. Ugwak somehow sniffs out the fact that they're gonna kick the ball, and you could see him on the field sort of making this kicking motion alerting the coaching staff on the sidelines and, hey, this is the play that the Bombers are going to run. This is the play. So, I mean, you talk about smarts and being totally invested, immersed in it until the very end. That's what Lawal Ugwak was for sure. one 401 Text line is open. Give us a call as well. Danny Machocha was here for many years. Won the Great Cup as a head coach 20 years ago now. He's got it as a GM. And you know what? Just think about what went on in Montreal this year. We had Danny Machocha on about five weeks ago, six weeks ago. He said at the start of the year, he wasn't even sure there would be a team in Montreal this year because of ownership. There was no ownership. They, they They were writing checks that the bank account couldn't cash. This was a franchise that was on the brink of being eliminated. I mean, the CFL bailed them out once already. Every team put up three quarters of a million bucks. Where did that money go, by the way? Did the teams ever get it back? Anyway, when you look at that from the start of the year to the end of the year, this is a fairy tale type ending. Is it in the top five Great Cup games? 
You have to feel that way. 1989 was probably number one still. Maybe 2016. Henry Burris in Ottawa upset Calgary Stampeders. Burris had a phenomenal game, had a bum knee, came back. Ottawa upsets Calgary. 89, Dave Ridgway, the kick for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, sent that province into a frenzy. There's no question about that. Those are probably two. You go back to the 50s, Eddie, or not, uh, Jackie Parker, old spaghetti legs with a late touchdown for the then Eskimos. I don't know, in the 90s, Eddie Brown in the snowball had that catch. Eskimos still lost that game to Toronto. But amazing, amazing uh, theater, drama yesterday. You know what? The one thing that I kind of, and I was sitting talking to uh, my uh, buddy Big Baldy there about Kenny Lawler's, there was that interception. That was another, that was a, probably a key, key play when you look at the big scope of things, the interception by uh, and Ento in the end zone. Well, Kenny Lawler last week said what, uh, what did he say? Uh, maybe if you're gonna, if you're a free agent, don't sign in Edmonton. Well, how about this, Kenny Lawler? Maybe compete a little more on a pass in the end zone where the defender Ento basically just wanted it a little more or a lot more than you did, uh, and maybe just worry about that kind of stuff, Kenny Lawler. Compete in the end zone. That was a massive play. Massive play. So, we will talk a fair bit about the Great Cup today, I would imagine, as the day progresses. Also, the Edmonton Oilers in action tonight as the Oilers are in Florida to take on the Panthers. No Alexander Barkov, it appears, for FLA. Panthers off to a good start, 11-5-1. Basically, the exact opposite of what the Oilers are, 5-10-1. Oilers still seven points out of a wild card spot. All of a sudden, you can just, you're a Ducks, Duke. The Ducks are just falling a little bit. Losers of three in a row now. They've still got 18 points, so seven more than the Oilers. Are you concerned, Duke? What's your concern level for your Ducks? Well, my concern level is virtually zero because I came <laughs> into the season with zero aspirations. You want to talk about the Panthers' uh, record being the opposite of the Oilers. My expectations of this Ducks team was the opposite of the Oilers coming in. Um, but I will say that the Friday night game against the Panthers, the uh, the Ducks got a little, little hosed on a wraparound uh, attempt by Jacob Silverberg that quite clearly, I think, uh, crossed the goal line mm-hmm. up against the goaltender's pad, but it was ruled uh, no goal. They lose the game and then get, um, they lose last night in St. Louis, or at home, pardon yeah. me, against St. Louis yesterday too. So it, uh, it is what it is, seeing a little growth still from uh, young players, and Frankie Vitrano stays hot. It's, he's like fourth in the league in goals, which is, I'm sure, will not last, but, uh, you know, just ride the wave while we can. The, the Texans get a big win despite not playing their best football, which that might be the sign of a team ready to Take it was five step. points, right? 21-16? Yeah, push. Yeah. Push on oh, yeah, line, you yeah. pushed on that one, yeah. yes. So, You know, um, I, I thought, you know, in the, in the NFL, I mean, I, to be honest with you, it was neat to watch, to just to flick over after the Great Cup ended and watch Denver. You know, the Broncos are a team, again, find a way to win, just hanging around here. Both those teams, Minnesota and Denver, had lost uh, three straight to start the season. It's only happened four times, I think, in NFL history where a team that starts 0-3 makes the playoffs. Can either of these two teams do it? Mm, it's 
probably still 50-50, maybe a bit less that one of them does it, but we'll see what happens. So, Oilers tonight in Florida, likely no Barkov. Will we see Cal Pickard in net? Possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if Coach K goes with Cal Pickard for his first start with the Oilers. Again, seven points back of a wild card. Wasn't it outstanding to see James Hamblin score that goal on Saturday afternoon in Tampa Bay? One of the, uh, you know, man, if that didn't tug at your heartstrings when he pointed up and said that one was for you, Mom, nothing will. And we will have Tim Hamblin on at 10 o'clock today. James Hamblin's dad, of course, uh, James's mom, Tim's wife, Gina, passed away from cancer in 2017. So uh, you saw the emotion and what it meant. And man, what a journey. You look at this, a guy, you know, not drafted, undersized, but does anyone work harder? Probably not. Tim Hamlin will join us at 10 o'clock. Coming up at 7.20, Derek Van Deest, NHL.com. We'll uh, check in. Uh, our co-host from 8 to 10 every Monday is Lorianne Munzer, the monster. We'll uh, check in. She's usually at the studio right now doing her prep work. I don't know. Maybe she's just in traffic right now. Hard to say. Mark Spector's uh, got a, a chair by the pool in FLA, and he will uh, join us at 8 o'clock. Then Scott Taylor from Game On Magazine in Winnipeg. Well, well again, we're... <sighs> The, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could have been a dynasty team and then some. Could have been. But now two great cups, two losses. We'll see what Scott Taylor has to say about that at 820. Matt Berlin, the Golden Bears goaltender who played, oh, what, two, three minutes, I guess. What's that mean, Duke? Giving me a peace sign? Uh, yeah, throwing up the deuces. No, he, oh. he played both games for the, the Bears this okay. weekend. Okay, here I thought we were ta- you are talking about the two minutes he played for the Oilers last year. Also oh. true. <laughs> uh, so uh, Golden Bears goaltender, the uh, Golden Bears with a couple of big wins. And uh, now we're, you know, I've kind of got a little bit of a, something going here uh, in Canada West Hockey. Dave Spadaro, Philadelphia Eagles, as we get ready for a really good, what should be a good Monday night Uh, football game, the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, Tim Hamlin, uh, James Hamlin's dad at 10 o'clock. And Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers color analyst at 1020 as the Oilers get set to take on the Big Cats. Uh, Text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. We'll get to some of those in a couple of minutes. Uh, uh, Right after the break, though, Derek Van Deese, NHL.com, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Yeah, that's how we feel around here. Ah, not quite. We're just ecstatic to be here on Monday to, well, tell you what happened on the weekend and kind of set the week up. And that's what we're going to do with Derek Van Dees from NHL.com. Morning, DVD. Morning, Kevin. How you doing? Oh, simply outstanding. What a great weekend. Uh, watched the Great Cup. Did you have a chance to, to watch the 110th Great Cup? What would you think? Oh, yeah, what a fantastic oh. football game. And it didn't disappoint. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one thing. I, you know, we always watch the Great Cup, uh, mm-hmm. great Canadian tradition. And, um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought everything about that game was fantastic. Great finish, comes down to the wire. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was uh, just a tremendous football game and, and a great way to end the CFL season. Did you have the seven-layer bean dip going at the DVD residence? <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was quiet around here. Uh, just watching it, uh, you know, just, just here at home. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
it was fun. It was interesting because uh, I, you know I wasn't sure. I thought I thought after Montreal got stuffed there mm-hmm. at the end of the half, I thought, oh man, you know, and I would have gone for it too. I would have done yeah. the, the exact same thing they did. I, I, you know, you have a chance to to, to score a touchdown there from the one yard line. I, I would have tried stuff that in. So, but after that happened, I thought, man, that was their chance. That was their opportunity, and I thought, you know. Winnipeg would come and dominate mm-hmm. the second half, and uh, you know credit to Montreal. They they moved the ball up and down the field, and then that last drive was was fantastic driving. Then that, that third and five, you go yeah. over the top on third and five. As soon as that ball goes over the top, I was like, oh wow, that <laughs> that is a gutsy gutsy throw, uh, because you know that's something that doesn't doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, it was it was a I'm happy for Jason Moss. I'm happy for Danny Machocha. Obviously, you know I got to know them well yeah. when they were here with the with the Eskimos. So. Yeah. Uh, happy for them, and uh, you know I, I think it's good for the league when, when you know, a team like Montreal is able to, to to do what they did this season. Um, I know they were underdogs all the way, and yep. uh, yeah, I think it was just a fantastic game all around. Derek Van Dees from NHL.com is our guest on Sports 1440. Tons of texts coming in, one 1440 We'll get to Franco, Northside Norm, King of Fort Nasty, Harry, and the Steer Farmer in just a couple of minutes. Uh, well, what did you make of the game on Saturday where the Oilers had, well, they had the lead several times, couldn't put Tampa away, and I guess that's why Tampa Bay's won the Stanley Cup, and they're a, a team that's probably knows how to win, knows how to pull those wins out. But the Oilers have to be that team too. So what did you make of Saturday's game and then heading into tonight in uh, Florida against the Panthers, DVD? Yeah, the way the Oilers are finding ways to lose, like that game, all all year people have been saying they need production from the bottom six. They need production from the bottom six. Those guys got to get going. And they finally get going. They finally get some production from the bottom six. Uh, and then they still aren't able to pull that game out. And they still aren't able to get the big save. And I think that's what they, they needed a big save. You need your goaltender to bail you out. Uh, you know, Evan Bouchard made a bad play. I think it was another game that the goal that tied at three three. He, you know, they don't get the puck in deep, and then he kind of stands there and watches his yeah. guy go down the ice, and he doesn't get down there. And then Darnell Nurse, I'm not sure what he was doing on that play. Uh, but you, you, you know, you, you need your goaltender to bail out those mis- defensive mistakes. And the owners didn't give up a lot of shots. Uh, again, uh, but they're not, they're, those those mistakes are really really costing them, and you can almost see it coming. Um, you know, I thought I thought at four three, okay, they, if they can just get some good defensive structure, mm-hmm. uh, play the solid game, and I, I honestly thought that eventually Drysdale or McDavid will, will, will get a goal here or, or make something happen, uh, and they'll be able to, to kind of pull this out and, and run away with it. I thought they played a very good hockey game. I thought, you know, they came out, they played hard, they took the lead, um, then they had the lead twice in the third period, and I thought, okay, they got to be able to hold on to this game, but you know what, Kevin, it comes down to, you know, the goaltending is just not there. They're just not getting those big saves when they need it, and they need a big save right now, and, and you're hoping that Stuart Skinner will be able to kind of find his game and, and get going, but you know, you can't give up. I think it was five shots on twenty, uh, five goals yeah. on twenty shots, or something like that. You can't, you can't give that up. You got to get some big saves here. And if you're limiting the opposition to twenty some shots, um, you can't be giving up five goals. That's a game you have to win. And and I think that's the where the frustration comes from. And, and it'll be interesting to see. I think Calvin Picker will probably get the start tonight. Mm-hmm. See what he can do. Um, but yeah, there's that's the issue right now. And, and where it is that the orders are out there. 
beating the bushes, trying to find a goaltender that can come in here and, and help them out because this season is slipping away really quickly. And, and you know, that's the number, that's, they have a lot of concerns, in my opinion, but that's the number one concern that needs to be addressed. If that doesn't get addressed, uh, then the owners aren't they're going to get throw this season away, which would be a shame because there's just so much talent on this team and they're so they have so much potential on this team. And if they can't address that one concern and then kind of move forward from there, um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with this hockey team this season? Derek Van Deest, NHL.com, our guest on Sports 1440. You know, you're talking about the big save DVD. Stuart Skinner did make the big saves and the timely saves in the three wins prior. That didn't happen, but a lot of these goals were just five alarm goals. And you did mention the Bouchard uh, on the 3-3 goal by Tanner Janant. You know, if you go back about three seconds before before that, what you're talking about, Leon Dreisettle is the guy, the culprit here. He makes a, a hope pass coming over and basically puts Bouchard in a bad position. Bouchard, after he didn't get it deep enough, you know, that's when he needed to recognize, be aware, and get back quicker because he probably could have broken that play up on the two-on-one on the Janot goal. So um, you did mention Cal Picker. Do you think we do see him tonight in goal? I think we do. I think, uh, you know, they've been running with Stuart Skinner here. I don't know if maybe he's running out of gas a little bit. I think at some point we have to see Cal Pickard and see what he can do. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation. This is a guy that does have experience. He's not a young player. He's he's 29. No, he's, I think he's 31. I think he's, he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, he's a guy that's, that's been around the league, uh, bounced around. I think he has like something like 116 games that he's played bouncing around the league. So he has some NHL experience. So he's not a, a raw rookie that you're throwing in there. So this is a guy that, you know, hopefully that, can make some saves for you and then maybe can spark the team a little bit because it's just the way the owners are playing hard. I don't think no one's saying that they're not playing hard. They're playing hard. They're out shooting oppositions. They're dominating teams, uh, you know, for stretches and they're just not getting the results. And I think that can be so frustrating, Kevin. And I know you've know you been there. You've always played the game. It can be so frustrating when you you think you're doing all the things that are, that are right, and you think eventually, eventually things have got to come our way, got to, got to go our way, and they're not going your way. That's when things get really frustrating. And I think it starts in goal a little bit. I think they have to have that confidence back in their goaltending. I don't think they have any confidence in their goaltending right now. And every mistake they're making on the back end is hurting them. And I think that's the issue right now is that you need your goaltender to bail you out because you can't play with that fear in the back end. And I think that's what the owners are doing right now. They're just so afraid to make a mistake because, you know, if they make a mistake, it's going to end up in the back of their net. Uh, so I just, I just wonder, you know, let's, just let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can help you out here for a little while because I know that they are out to the owners. The brass is out there looking. Mm-hmm. They're out there trying to try, trying to generate something, trying to make a trade. And uh, unfortunately, they're dealing from uh, you know not they're not in a position of strength here. Everyone knows what the owners need, and they're probably going to try and take advantage of them, knowing that hey, you need a goalie, so you're going to have to overpay for one. Derek Van Deest, NHL.com on Sports 1440. We're going to have Tim Hamlin on later in the show, James Hamlin's uh, father. Boy, was that one of the better feel-good moments that you've seen with the Oilers and even in the NHL for a long, long time, DVD. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic moment. 
Uh, great goal by James Hamlin. He's a guy that's been, you know, he's he's been around. He, he played in the Western League. He's a former Medicine Hat Tiger. I worked uh, a lot of years in Medicine Hat. Um, so, yeah, he, it was a great feel story. Obviously, his mother passed away from cancer in 2017, getting that goal. And it's probably been on his mind for a long, long time, trying to get that first NHL goal. And, and uh, you know, like everyone else, you know, his mom was a hockey mom, probably getting up early, taking him to practice. Uh, taking him to games and and uh, yeah, that was something special. And, and you know, it is it is hockey fights cancer month in the NHL. So uh, yeah, it's a very it's a great feel good story for for the Oilers to see James Hamlin score. It was a great goal. It was a great shot. Um, it was unfortunate the Oilers wouldn't aren't, wouldn't be able to pull out the victory for in that game. But I thought yeah, that's that's a great feel good story. And you, and you love to see that these, these kids coming up, and especially a guy like him who's been who's been in the system and has been trying to get up here and trying to really kind of carve himself uh, an NHL career to be able to get that goal. And, and the reaction was fabulous. It was a fantastic reaction. And yeah, how could you not cheer for a guy like that after after seeing him score the goal and then the, obviously the, the tribute to his mom mm-hmm. uh, after scoring that goal. Derek Van Dees from NHL.com is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So DVD, again, you just mentioned it off the top about the bottom six, and you had the two goals from Derek Ryan. I mean, had a great game, pushed hard to the net, uh, two goals in a little over 10 minutes of ice. But again, for some reason, all of the Oilers' high-profile players, whatever you want to call them, Zach Hyman, Leon Dreisaitl, Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins did have two assists, but... All those other players were, they they didn't they were held off the score sheet. So, I mean, it's almost like one of these things. Like, okay, you know, that one game, Leon gets four points and everything's back. You're thinking, okay, we're back to normal. But then something like Saturday happens, and you're going, how can this be? Why are these guys struggling, especially Connor and Leon? Yeah, and you got to wonder because um, to me, Connor McDavid doesn't look like himself. He obviously, you know, he had that injury early on. I just wonder how much it's bothering him because he doesn't have that separation speed. Like you, you saw before, where he tapped the puck and then he just separate from players, and he's not doing that. He, he hasn't doesn't hasn't been able to kind of pull away from players. You, you see him, and he has, does have those spurts where where he kind of bursts. But it's not extended, and so I just wonder if if, if it, there's an issue there where he just he's he's not the same guy, and, he, and he's and he's kind of really fighting it right now, which is hard which is hard to believe when you when you talk about Connor McDavid. We've seen him for so long here, and we've seen him be so dominant, and now he looks kind of average, and, and I think that's that's an issue there, and I think that's something that you know we're going to have to dig into maybe when he gets back, but. But he just does not look 100% to me. He just does not look like he has that separation speed where he takes the puck and he just blows down the wing and blows by everyone and gets to the net. And we haven't seen that yet. Um, yeah, and then Dry said the same thing. He's off and on. He's mm-hmm. hot and he's cold. And, uh, you know, he, the knock on Leon Dry is that, yeah, he's, he's kind of a lazy defensive player. And, and you're right about that goal with Boucher because uh, Dry was in the corner. When Bouchard didn't get the puck in deep, mm-hmm. and he kind of just stood there and watched the play go back the other way. And I, I know we, we see this a lot because we, when we're in the press box, 
you can see the ice and you can see how many times guys change when the puck is coming back the other way. And I know that infuriates coaches and we see that. And, and, and Leon has a habit of doing that, uh, changing when he's, when, when the play is coming back the other way. But yeah, it, it's right now he, he just doesn't seem engaged. This doesn't seem fully engaged. And, and it looks like he slips in and out of games and, and, and he's making mental mistakes. And, and, and you got to wonder, okay, you need these guys going. Your top six have to get going. It's, it's a high, it's a highly skilled, highly paid top six. Uh, and they, they don't seem to all get going at the same time. Kane will have a good game, and then maybe Hyman will have a good game, and then Dreisaitl will have a good game, and then Nugent Hopkins will have a good game. But they don't seem all to be able to put it all together at the same time. And it's a shame to waste that effort mm-hmm. when you finally get a good effort from your bottom two lines. And I think we're going to see that a little bit more. I think Chris Knobloch does like to spread out the ice time a little bit more than, than uh, maybe Jay Woodcroft did, and that, that's obviously maybe because there weren't as many penalties, or he's able to kind of able to rotate them in a little bit more. I think Derek Ryan talked about that a little bit. He likes the fact that the players know what their role is now. So hopefully, now that they have defined roles, they can kind of um, you know make make do with that and, and kind of contribute a bit more. But yeah, you just need everyone going at the same time, and you haven't had that yet. And you need that in the National Hockey League. You need your team all going, all firing all cylinders. And I don't think we've seen that yet. And, and yeah, you got to wonder what's going on here, guys, because you got to get it going here. The, the, the sand is slipping through the hourglass <laughs> here. The season is starting to slide away. Um, and I, you know, it's still salvageable. I think they come, you know, this road trip, they got three games left. If they play a good three games, if, even if they come back 500, I think they still got, you know, there's still something to work there work with, mm-hmm. with there. Uh, but yeah, they got to put this thing together, and it's and you, you got to start. You know, you're playing. You got to play with some urgency right now because uh, yeah, you can't let this season slip away. Text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Dean says, "Ask Derek Van Dees what he thought about the Sergachev high stick on Connor McDavid. I replayed it three times. It was deliberate," says Dean. I don't know about that, but. It was a two-minute minor penalty, I believe, in the first period. I'm, I'm assuming that's what Dean is talking about. I didn't think it was deliberate. Did you? No, I, I didn't. I thought a stick came up. I, I didn't. I didn't see it. I mind you, though, I only saw it the one time. I didn't yeah. look it over and over and over again. I, I, I didn't think it. I didn't think it was deliberate. I think thought a stick came up, but I, yeah, I did not think um, it was deliberate. And that's something, mm-hmm. obviously, that you know the league obviously looks at over and over and over again. So. They thought it was deliberate. They might have been yeah. a fine or something there when it comes to Sergeyev. I just, you know, I, I, I didn't. It didn't stand out to me. So I think had it, had it, had I thought it was maybe mm-hmm. a bit more deliberate, I probably would have stood out a little bit more to me. What have you made of the job, the transition of Coach Chris Knobloch? It's only been a week. Feels like it's been about two months already. But I mean, it's been a week. What have you thought of the job that Knobloch has done? And uh, can you see a lot of the changes? Are they that subtle? What do you make of uh, the the coaching transition? Yeah, you're right. It's only been a week. I was sitting here yesterday going, hey, when did he take over? And I was like, oh, that's right. It was just a week ago. Yeah. It was last Sunday when we woke up. And, and uh, yeah. it's funny because we woke up and we're thinking, okay, is there going to be a change? Is there going to be a change? Doesn't sound like anything's going to happen. And then, Bang! Like I think at ten thirty or something, mm-hmm. something happened, and and then you know the, the world started spinning. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've always liked Chris Knobloch. I, I've always liked his approach, and, and he's obviously a young coach that has been touted really highly, just because he seems like a calm guy. He seems like he has this 
calming demeanor about him behind the bench and 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 in and in the room and and at practice and and I think I really like that in a coach. I don't like coaches that are fiery and and are losing you know their minds behind the bench and yelling mm-hmm. and screaming because. To me, that, that, that reflects on your team because if your coach is panicking, then, oh, my God, then maybe we should be panicking as well. And I always like a coach that has a calm demeanor and, 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 and projects that. And I think he does project that. Uh, now, I'm not saying that Jay Woodcroft was like that at all. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Jay Woodcroft also had that calm demeanor behind the bench. Um, you know, uh, mind you, he did get thrown out in that one game <laughs> just before he got fired. He must have said something that – that was on point. I don't think he swore there, but he obviously said something that, that, that got to the point. But I, I think I'd like that. And, and he is going to come in here, and he, and he is trying to make some subtle changes. But we've seen here, Kevin, you know, a lot of coaches come in here and say, okay, we're going to split up McDavid and Dreisaitl, and we're going to try you know, and, and get them on each other on lines. And then right away put, they put them back together because they realize – uh, you know what a, what a threat that is. So uh, you know, it's it's. I think we've seen this with other coaches come in here trying to make general changes, mm-hmm. and then it happens. They kind of revert back to what everyone else was doing uh, before that. So, but it'll be interesting to see um, if he can kind of. I thought it was a bold, was a bold move bringing him in as opposed to maybe a more established mm-hmm. uh, coach trying to salvage the season. I thought it was a bold move, and I really hope it pays off. And and when you're a young coach. Uh, this is a good opportunity because usually a young coach will come in and will take a young rebuilding team or a young team that's struggling uh, to try and turn it around. He's got a veteran-laden team here that he can kind of point in the right direction, so it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, but, yeah, it's only been a week, and I think you've seen some subtle changes, um, but it'll be interesting to see. I think this road trip will really give him an opportunity to kind of you know, get his hands dirty and get in there and, and try and figure out what the issues are. Uh, so I'm kind of really looking forward to, to tonight's game and, and see what they do in Florida. Uh, I think Jay said, uh, come on, ref, if you had another eye, you'd be a Cyclops. <laughs> something good. It's usually <laughs> something that when you when you get thrown out and you don't swear and yell at the ref, it's something that, that, that hits home. And you're probably right. The way, whatever he said yeah. uh, obviously resonated with the, with the referee, <laughs> and then he got sent. He got that was yeah. the only time he's ever been thrown out yeah. of the game. So, so you know, and and, and it's funny because usually those refs have a high tolerance. They you know they take a lot of abuse. So well, he must have said something that that really kind of hit home with that, mm. that, that referee. Hey, thanks, DVD, for your time this morning. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk soon. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, Kevin. That's Derek Van Deest, NHL.com. Check out all his uh, stuff on the uh, website, NHL.com. And been a long-time reporter in um, the Edmonton area, and as he even mentioned, back in Medicine Hat back in the day, starting out uh, his uh, journalism career. When we come back, we'll get to all of your texts. Uh, Harry, the King, Norm, Franco with a real good one that uh, you don't want to miss. Uh, plus, at the top of the hour, Lorianne Munzer and Mark Spector. It's Kevin Carey's show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. The 740 break staple, B.A. Brian Adams as the Duke comes through with his buddy every morning. 740 break, Brian Adams. Played the Great Cup 20 years ago with Sam Roberts' halftime show. Did you like the halftime show? Send us off a text, 1-833-401-1440. Green Day was pretty good. Text coming in to that. And if you want to give us a call, 1-833-401-1440. Harry says, Charlie Brown finally wins the Great Cup. Everyone was picking on Jason, me included. Happy for Jason Moss and Mooch, I guess, Danny Machocha. 
Uh, Archie says, I don't know how you can even call that an upset. The line was way too high at eight and a half for a team that had won seven straight and had just dismantled the defending champs the week before. I don't know anyone who bet the Bombers. Comes in from Archie. Well, the two people in this room bet Montreal. The Duke, you said you had the Owls. I had the Owls, obviously, to win. Never mind, cover. Yeah, I had the Owls on the points, the the, uh, the eight and a half line. And to answer your question, Archie, um, well, no, a lot of people bet the Bombers. Yes. That is why the line was eight yep. and a half still. A uh, little behind, behind the curtain sportsbook knowledge there for you. Um, and it had actually moved from seven and a half to eight and a half, uh, depending on where you were looking for your numbers throughout the week. So if anything, that shows you that more people were betting the Bombers to cover the seven and a half points. And as a result, the book's... Moved it back uh, even a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, but yes, I was on the the Owls at plus eight and a half. You were on them on the money line. I mean, it was a feel good story. Why not root for the dog in mm-hmm. a game like that? Like you said, they they showed some real spunk versus the Argonauts. Uh, some Edmonton ties, yeah. of course, with uh, um, the defensive player. Uh, sorry, we had Lawal Uguak. Uguak, yeah. correct. Sorry, thank you. Uh, Jason Moss, Danny Machoch, et cetera. So why not root yeah. for them? Yeah, and Justin Lawrence too. I mean, that's back to back great cups for Justin Lawrence. One last year, Ian Toronto, the former Alberta Golden Bear. Uh, you know, talking about the line, the father-in-law and I do a little every week, but if you nominate the game, you can set the line what you want. So I set the line at nine. And he goes, well, I'm taking that all day. So he took the Bombers, and that's what happens. The snake, the cobra, comes out again. Army Darrell says, Green Day, probably one of the top five. Great Cup halftime shows. Happy for Maz Machocha and Almondo Sewell. We've kind of forgot about Almondo Sewell to mention uh, Almondo. We'll probably, I'm wondering how long, maybe is this was this Almondo's last game? He, he's always said that after he finishes his CFL career, he will come back to Edmonton and uh, enroll in the Edmonton Police Service. So maybe we'll see him sooner than later. The Stair Farmer chimes in with his morning uh, text. Good morning, gentlemen. Tampa Bay was basically giving the Oilers a win with how they were playing most of the game, and the Oilers were like, let us give you the win. King of Fort Nasty was very excited about that one-handed catch by Austin Mack. Yes, it was a great catch, the King. Uh, Northside Norm, after that James Hamlin goal, Gene did a 50-50 bid on Ben Stelter at the uh, intermission, Gene Principe. Saturday's game really tugged at the heartstrings for many reasons. Bang on, Norm. Bang on. Here's the text from Franco. And again, we're going to have Tim Hamlin on uh, at 10 o'clock, James Hamlin's uh, father after his first NHL goal on Saturday. Franco says, I knew Tim and Gina. James' parents, amazing. I work with Gina at Petro-Canada. Hard workers at Active Fit. Gina had her pilot's license. She was determined, and they both lived with a love for life. Gina was an amazing wife and mother and daughter. They and she would be both proud of James and his success so far as a local guy like many who make Edmonton proud. To Tim and thoughts of Gina, the very best. I want James to continue to push his games further with the orders. That comes from Franco. Thanks for uh, sending that in, Franco. Uh, Very um, heartfelt and, again, uh, an amazing moment on Saturday, and it's going to be a good conversation with Tim coming up uh, at 10 o'clock. 
CB Radio Guy says Bouchard makes glaring mistakes every night. I'll take 10 less points to stop 10 more goals, period. Won't we all? Gordon D. Good morning, Kevin. Oilers are not going anywhere till they find another goalie, and all top players are committed to play defensive hockey. Thanks, Gordon. Yes. Uh, back to the halftime show. Um, Googie was specifically watching for the halftime show. Green Day stage manager is a buddy of mine. I think the band and, of course, the presentation were awesome. So uh, you did see the halftime, or were you on your way to the game already? Uh, I was kind of on my way out the door at that point, so I was catching pieces of it and then kind of went back and watched the... I mean, it is a pretty short social. When I say the highlights, it was most of it, I guess. Um, The song selection, I think, was great. Mm -hmm. They grabbing the uh, the fan's phone and pull it up for kind of a little... uh, a POV yes. action from up on the stage was very cool as well. So, yeah, it looked like a great show, and everything I saw on uh, social media was overwhelmingly positive. So, good on Green Day. I think everybody came out with some pretty high hopes, and they delivered. Weather was good. You could see, you know, the little breath in some of the guys, and, you know, I'm not too familiar with the band names of the, the guys in the band, but they were into it. I thought that they were really fired up to be there. And Sometimes you get that. Ah, uh, what are we doing here? Kind of feeling, kind of vibe. Didn't didn't get that. Didn't have that on uh, on Sunday night for sure. But what a game it was! Twenty eight, twenty four. One of the best ever. Top five, you would think. I was mentioning the other ones in uh, nineteen eighty nine. That the Dave Ridgeway kick was a phenomenal way to end that game against uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Thirty uh, five yarder was forty three forty. So there was tons of offense. In that game back in 2016, that was the the uh, Henry Burris. Uh, I don't know, basically last game, I guess. Uh, he, you know, he threw for 461 yards, and that game went to overtime. Touchdown toss to Ernest Jackson. Ottawa won 39-33. Calgary was 15-2 and one that year in the regular season. Ottawa was eight nine and one. So that was a massive, massive update. And the one that I was, I was just kind of finding a little bit of research on this. The, the one that I mentioned was the uh, the Jackie Parker fumble recovery in 1954, Duke. Edmonton defeated Montreal 26-25. A 90-yard fumble returned by old spaghetti legs, Jackie Parker. Scored with three minutes left. Bob Dean's convert was the difference. Montreal put up 656 yards of total offense. But lost 26-25. Do you remember old Spaghetti Legs, Duke? Uh, I don't know. I was going to ask you. I was like, you just wrapping up uh, senior year in high school during that game or, uh, or what? 56. 54, sorry. 1954. <laughs> what a game. Well, I mean, Jackie Parker is an icon in Edmonton. There's no denying that. You know, there's a guy that came when he came up and, you know, all those teams that they had in the 50s. I mean, Normie Kwong and Johnny Bright and, I mean, Jackie Parker. That was a that was a time. I mean, those guys were, they, they were legends. And they came up here because they were making way more money. I shouldn't say way more money. A lot more money than what they were getting paid in the NFL. Hard to believe, but that's that's how it went back then. Duke, you had time to just run off what happened last night at your hockey. I know you're you're down about it. 
Uh, well, I don't know about down about it, but yeah, another tough loss for the tropics. Uh, <laughs> let's get tropical. Uh, and I just just saying this to you in the break. It was it was on me. A game uh, oh. game on my stick. Sort of. We'd clawed back and made it a one goal game. About forty seconds left. We pull the goalie and uh, our team captain elects to put me out on the ice to patrol the blue line. And we got the puck in deep. Went in to try and pinch up on the wall on the far side and got out past me couple whacks away at it, but the no puck support from my teammates. <laughs> we got the... Take the blame, Duke. Take yeah, the blame. It, it's, it's okay. I, I happily will take the blame. Uh, got past me. We actually didn't even have the... Uh, quite get the goalie out yet uh, at that point, or I don't know what he's like. But either way, they scored coming down actually on the goalie, and that was pretty well all she wrote. But um, another great night. I was at the Drake Times 2 this weekend. I know you were at the mm-hmm. Bears game Friday night. Yeah. Uh, I was there Saturday to watch them a much closer affair against the U of R cougars on saturday and then uh yeah i i really enjoy playing most of our beer league games at the drake because a lot of fond memories in that rink both on the ice and <laughs> up in the bleachers as well this text comes in you haven't had a look at it yet duke but from jcd evan duke chard <laughs> i was i felt like evan bouchard without the uh without the clap bomb though um, oh, that boy. was it was a pretty apt representation <laughs> when we come back our co-host on mondays Lorian munzer has entered the building and we check in with mark specter from rogers sportsnet before that time now for a sports 1440 update brought to you by first round we're an nfl jersey tonight to the downtown location and you will get 50 percent off wings here is the duke with a sports 1440 update